Welcome to What the Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Jonathan Bedner. Welcome to What the Wealth. This is episode seven. Today, we're going to talk about the CARES Act and the Small Business Paycheck Protection Program. Those are part of the stimulus package that was recently passed on March 27th. So I'm going to use some audio that I actually recorded from a webinar. I will also link that webinar, which is on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube if you'll type in Paradigm Wealth Partners. In the search blocks, you'll see that come up, and it's, I think it's called the 2020 CARES Act and analyzing its impact on you. So in this discussion, it's about 25 minutes plus or minus. And, and again, it talks about the CARES Act, its impact on you. And we talk about everything from student loans to the small business protection, paycheck protection program. We also cover retirement distributions, RMDs, and the stimulus package, which is the direct payment or the direct infusion of cash that the IRS is going to give individuals across the country, either directly deposited into their account or physical check mailed to them. So if you've got other questions, please reach out, let me know, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Paradigm Wealth Partners. I will have a link in the show notes to that webinar and we'll have the slides on there so you can see those. If you have questions, please let me know. Thanks. Create the life you love. Good afternoon. My name is Jonathan Bedner. I'm a certified financial planner and co-owner of Paradigm Wealth Partners in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today, I want to talk about the CARES Act and the Paycheck Protection Plan. So we're going to spend the next 20 minutes or so, I got about 20 slides um, in this webinar, we're going to analyze this 2020 stimulus package and its impact on you. So the CARES Act stands for the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. This is a $2 trillion emergency fiscal stimulus package that was signed into law on March 27th of 2020, last Friday. And this is designed to provide assistance to those affected by the coronavirus pandemic. One key thing to to note is the tax filing deadline has been extended until July 15th of 2020. So if you have not done your taxes and you're worried about the deadline here in two weeks, you can take a deep breath They have kicked this can down the road for three months, and so the new deadline is now July 15th. The first thing we're going to talk about is recovery rebates for individuals. This is the actual, probably what you've heard about most, this is the direct payments of funds to you or your family from the federal government. So again, this stimulus payment from the government to individuals and families, and this provides cash assistance for most people. There are some phase outs if your income exceeds a certain threshold. And on the next slide, I'll dive in a little bit deeper on what those thresholds are. But just know that for every $1,000 over the, the adjusted gross income threshold, they're going to reduce your stimulus check by $50. This is actually a 2020 tax credit, but they are using your 2000 or 2019 tax return, whichever one is the most recent that you have filed, to determine the amount of credit or stimulus check they're going to provide you. It's important to know that these payments are likely to take several weeks. 
you're probably not going to get them in the next couple of days and as fast as we would like to get them. It takes time to send these out to everybody. So I would expect it to be over the next couple of weeks. It appears that individuals receiving Social Security benefits will receive their recovery rate or rebate or their stimulus check in the same account which Social Security benefits are deposited into. So if you're retired and receiving Social Security benefits today, the IRS or the Treasury or, or the government is going to just use that same checking or savings account and to deposit the funds right into that existing account. Taxpayers who have received a refund into their checking or savings account uh, in the past, and the IRS or the government has that checking account or savings account on file, they will use that account. If they do not know your checking or savings account, they, the IRS, the government is going to send you a, a, a paper check to the last known address on file. Those will probably be the checks that take the longest to receive just because it's not direct deposit. So snail mail takes a little longer. So as we talked about on the, on the previous slide, there's a phase out. So ultimately the stimulus check that you're going to get is gonna be $1,200 if you are a single individual and you are making up to $75,000. Anything above the 75,000 for every $1,000 you make, above that, they reduce your amount by 50 bucks. And once you make more than 99,000 on your adjustable gross income for the year you filed in 2018 or 19, whichever one again is the most recent, you're totally phased out. So hypothetically, if you made $76,000 as a single individual, you would not get $1,200 stimulus check, you would actually get $1,150. If you're married filing jointly, you're going to get $2,400. The phase-out threshold is $150,000. So anything below that, you'll get the full $2,400. You're completely phased out and will not, will not get anything if your income is above $198,000. And same thing, any for every $1,000 between the $150,000 and $198,000, they're going to reduce your $2,400 by $50. Bucks. For each child, they're going to give you a $500 check for each qualifying ch child under the age of 17. So let's look at a couple of examples. Example one, Mickey and Minnie Mouse. I think most of my clients know that me and my wife and three-year-old daughter are big Mickey, Ms. Minnie, and Disney fans. So it's natural to use Mickey and Minnie Mouse here. So we'll look at some facts. They have no children. They're married filing jointly. They're retired. And I asked my daughter where they live, and she said that they uh, live in Tinkerbell's house. So apparently they have retired to live with or in Tinkerbell's house. Their income is $82,000. So we can see that Mickey would receive a $1,200 benefit, and Minnie would receive a $1,200 benefit. So their total benefit from the government would be $2,400. Is pretty simple and straightforward, and this is where probably a lot of retiree clients are going to fall. Example two, this is Fred and Wilma Flintstone. Facts are they have two children, Pebbles and Bam Bam. They are also married filing jointly, and apparently they did very well in the Stone Age. They made $180,000 adjusted gross income. 
So their eligible benefits are $3,400. They would get $1,200 for Fred, $1,200 for Wilma, $500 for Pebbles, and $500 for Bam Bam. So that's a total of about $3,400, not about, it's a total of $3,400. So the math here, they're going to get a reduced amount because their AGI is above the 150 level, but they're not totally phased out because they're not above the 198 married filing jointly. So we would take $180,000 and subtract the $150,000 threshold, and that gives us $30,000 excess income over the threshold. From there, we're going to take the $30,000 and divide it by $1,000, because that's the increments at which they start to reducing your payment by 50 bucks. That gives us 30 increments. 30 increments times $50 is $1,500. We would then subtract the $3,400 eligible benefit from the $1,500 amount that's going to be phased out or excluded. And that would leave a $1,900 benefit. So Fred and Wilma Flintstone would actually receive a $1,900 benefit. The last one is Betty Boop. Betty Boop is single with no children. We're going to assume Betty Boop is a working travel agent. And in 2019, she had income of $99,000. So $40,000 is her total income so far for 2020. She was a travel agent. She was laid off after only made $10,000 so far year to date from travel bookings. She was uh, re-employed later in the year, making $30,000. So we'll assume our total income is $40,000 for 2020. So her benefits, she is eligible for $1,200. But this is where it, it gets a little fuzzy or tricky. Her 2019 income of $99,000 was in excess of the $75,000 threshold and she was totally phased out. So she won't get any cash flow assistance now, and instead will have to wait until 2021 when she files her 2020 taxes. So because she hasn't filed 2020 taxes, and no one has, and her 2019 returns were higher than the phase-out limit, she was totally phased out, she'll receive no benefit. However, Because the actual benefit is for 2020, when she files her 2021, excuse me, her 2020 return in 2021, and they see the $40,000 total income, AGI, she will actually then get the $1,200 benefit. It's just going to come in 2021. So here's the math. $99,000 minus the $75,000 threshold is $24,000. Excess income over that threshold, 24,000 divided by 1,000 would be 24 units. 24 units at $50 a unit would be $1,200. If she's eligible for $1,200 and she's over and there's a $1,200 phase out, her actual benefit for 2019 is zero. But again, because when she files in 21, her 2020 benefit, they will actually true up her credit or her her stimulus check, 
and she will get a $1,200 credit then. So she's not going to totally miss it. It's just not going to come in cash assistance today. It's going to come down the road. I think there's going to be a lot of people that fall into this category as businesses are laying people off during this turbulent time. So from there, we're going to go to coronavirus-related distributions on retirement accounts. So this is going to apply to those who, well, it really applies to anybody. So distributions from retirement accounts. This is for individuals impacted by the coronavirus. So these accounts would be your IRAs, employee-sponsored retirement plans like Simples or SEPs or 401ks or any combination of those. And what the our, what the government is going to allow you to do is to withdraw up to $100,000 if you have a qualifying impact, and I'll get to that in a second, and exempt you from the 10% penalty if you're under age 59 and a half. So normally, if you take an early withdrawal from a retirement account, there's a 10% penalty for taking that withdrawal before the age of 59 and a half. In this situation, that, uh, that goes away with any withdrawals up to, in total, of $100,000. You can actually repay that $100,000 or less distribution over a three-year period. Uh, and for income tax purposes, they will split that evenly over 20, 21, and 22. So you're not taking the income tax hit on that $100,000. So If you take a distribution, you will still be liable for the tax consequences or the tax liability on that. They're just going to forgive the 10% penalty for early withdrawal. So what qualifies as a, uh, or what's a qualifying impact? So those would be someone that is diagnosed with COVID-19, a spouse or dependent that is diagnosed with COVID-19, adverse financial impacts as a result of COVID-19. So you've been quarantined, you're furloughed, you're laid off, someone that you know or the spouse or dependent has been quarantined or laid off. You're unable to work due to lack of childcare. You own a business that is closed or operates under reduced hours. Or, and this is where it gets a little bit vague by the IRS, any other reason the IRS decides qualifies. So that doesn't give us a lot of information there, but there could potentially be some other qualifying impacts that may allow distribution and be able to not have to pay that 10% penalty. RMDs, required minimum distributions. So every year, once you are 72 years old, the government starts making you take distributions out of retirement accounts. This is called a required minimum distribution. So this is where money has never been taxed. It's been put back into retirement savings pre-tax. And at 72 years old, the IRS wants you to take those, start taking some form of distribution so that they can generate tax revenue. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the IRS is going to suspend RMD distributions for both account owners and beneficiaries taking a stretch contribution. So if you inherited a beneficiary account from someone that had to take an RMD and that you are still required to take the RMDs off of that account, they're going to suspend that for 2020. You can still take the RMD if you want, but it is not required. Secondly, if you've already taken the RMD 
and it's not needed, but because it's required, you took it, you know, maybe in the first quarter of this year, you can actually put it back in as long as you do it within 60 days. It'll just need to be coded as a rollover and you could deposit it right back into the IRA account since you're not required to take it for this year. That's a one-time suspension on not having to take that RMD. Student loans. This will affect a lot of younger people, but even older people are starting to have more and more student loans or student loans that they co-signed on. So the federal government has suspended required payments through September 30th, 2020. So you are not required to make a payment for the next six months by the IRS. They have also gone back and said that they are not going to accrue interest or interest will not be charged during that time frame. So no interest will accrue up and up through September 30th, 2020. If you have the potential for public student loan forgiveness and you're in a student loan forgiveness program, this six-month period will still count like you're making payments. Even though you're not required to make payments, it will still count as six payments for your student loan forgiveness. So this is really a very good impact for those people that need the student loan forgiveness or are working for a nonprofit that at some point may be eligible for student loan forgiveness. You know, you can, again, not miss out on these six months and you, and you don't have to make your payment. One thing I recommend is just because the student, pay, student loan payments are not required doesn't mean you should not call your service provider and stop your payments. A lot of my clients have payments set up on automatic draft out of their accounts, um, and they automatically go to, to service their student loans on a monthly basis. If you do not stop that, those loans or those payments will still be made, and they do not have to stop the voluntary. That, that would be considered a voluntary payment. They do not have to stop that, and they can process that. So if you do not want to make your payment, you still want to call your service provider and just make sure that you freeze or you go in and, and stop your payments and you'll want to start, make a reminder and make sure you start those payments again for your payment that will restart in October of 2020. Also recommend calling your service provider just to confirm that the payments uh, are, for, are suspended and that no interest is being accrued. It's always good just to double check with them and not just assume. Unemployment benefits. So there's a pandemic unemployment assistant. This is also applies to self-employed individuals who are generally not eligible. Other individuals who are ineligible for regular unemployment, an extended unemployment or pandemic unemployment insurance, or run out of such insurance, will be eligible for up to 39 weeks of benefits via this provision. So again, traditionally self-employed people are not not able to receive unemployment benefits, using the CARES Act, they will be eligible for up to 39 weeks of benefits. The first week of unemployment generally serves as a waiting period or an elimination period where you don't get any benefit for the first week, and then you, don't, you start getting your benefits the second week. The CARES Act offers to pay states to provide those unemployments immediately without the normal one-week waiting period. So if you are laid off, instead of having to wait a week or go a week without some sort of unemployment benefit, 
you can now get that uh, unemployment benefit immediately without waiting that week. The CARES Act also provides and states the ability to increase their unemployment benefit by up to $600 a week for four months. So the states, you'll file your unemployment benefits through the state. They can provide up to an additional $600 a week for up to four months. And that $600 a week will be paid by the federal government. So you'll, you'll could get a portion of your unemployment from the state, the regular amount, but an additional $600 or up to $600 a week for four months. Unemployment compensation extension. If you reach the maximum amount of unemployment compensation provided by state law, which is 26 weeks, the CARES Act will allow for an additional 13 weeks. So that gets you to the 39 weeks that we talked about on the other, the other slide. Next, we've been getting a lot of questions about the Small Business Paycheck Protection Program. The Protection Program is a loan designed to provide direct incentive for small business to keep their workers on payroll. So this is designed to try to get us through the next eight weeks of this pandemic. Hopefully doors for the small businesses can start opening around the country and we can get back to business as usual. No one knows if that will really be the case or how long this will last, but this is a good place to start to try to keep some of those employees on the payroll. The application is open for submission starting on April 3rd, 2020, so this coming Friday, and loans can be made for up to two months of your average monthly payroll cost from the last year, plus an additional 25% of that amount. So essentially what you do is you take um, take your payroll over the last 12 months, divide that by 12. That'll give you your monthly average. You add two of those months together, or you do that average times two, and then you tack on another 25% onto that, and that's what you're able to get as a loan from the SBA. What's unique about this is, is that the SBA will forgive loans if employees are kept on the payroll for eight weeks, and the money is used for payroll, rent, mortgage interest, or utilities. And this Paycheck Protection Program will be available through June 30th, 2020. This program is available for small businesses with less than 500 employees, private nonprofit organizations, 501c19s, veteran organizations. So it's open to a wide range of people, sole proprietors, independent contractors, self-employed persons, this is a vast, vast SBA loan program that is probably something that's never been seen in history, probably the greatest direct benefit to, to businesses in order to keep employees on the payroll and to have those loans be totally forgiven if they meet these certain requirements. You can apply through any existing SBA 7A lender. So most banks can do this. You want to call your bank or credit union and ask them if they're a qualified SBA 7A lender. And, and if they are, they can help you get this loan. The loan will be fully forgiven if the funds are used for payroll costs, interest on mortgages, rent, and utilities, like we talked about. It looks like for this loan to be forgiven, it, by our research, at least 75% of the forgiven amount must have been used for payroll. So loan payments will also be deferred for six months, 
no collateral on personal guarantees are required. So you don't have to put up any any assets as collateral, and you don't have to do a personal guarantee uh, on this loan. For more information, you can visit the U.S. Treasuries. They have a fact sheet on there, so you can find out more information on it, more details. You'll also want to please confirm with your lender that this is the most recent up-to-date information. This is moving very, very fast and rapidly, and information changes. So you'll just want to uh, contact your actual uh, banker or lender to confirm that you have all the up-to-date information. So in closing, I want to say that this is not intended to be specific advice to your situation. It's educational and general in nature. You need to talk with your tax uh, professional, your attorney, your legal professional, your financial advisor for your specific situation. But, you know, I think that this is a good way to to get some high-level information on what this CARES package really does and how it can impact you. But again, it it is not meant to be specific to your situation, and you should contact your trusted professionals to give you that specific advice. As always, create the life you love. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on What the Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love. podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Paradigm Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax advisor.